Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks, brought to you by BrewHoop.com, and today also brought to you by BetDSI.com. Go to BetDSI.com now. That's BetDSI.com. Go there and use the promo code BUCKS10, B-U-C-K-S-10, and that'll get you a free wager and you can start winning today. I'm Eric Name, and as always, Frank Madden is alongside me. And Frank, the Bucks beat the Bulls. Convincingly, 108-97 tonight. The final score may be a bit deceiving, um, but they took it to the Bulls pretty much the entire game, and that is not the the worst thing I, I've ever seen. We are locked on Bulls fans' tears <laughs> streaming down their faces <laughs> as they drive down I-94 tonight. Yeah. Uh, by the way, what was the what was the crowd like? I mean, it, it seemed on, on TV. It seemed almost like the Bucks got out to such a fast start that like the Bulls fans never, like it never kind of got as rowdy as sometimes the game. You know, the game these games do. I but I don't know. I didn't know there were both Bulls fans there until they got it to fourteen in the fourth quarter, and then you started to hear some of them. But like up until that point, I think. Wade was like a minus 29 or like a minus 31 and they were just playing terribly and yeah the Bulls fans were completely out of it uh really until it got I don't even want to say close because that that uh, that seems disrespectful to the way the game was played um got within single digits and when it got there um then you heard Bulls fans a little bit I, I, as I was watching the late in the game, I kind of had to check myself because I was sitting there um, and Giannis had that big block on Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. uh, in the last five or five minutes or whatever it was. And and right up until that, I was sitting there thinking, uh, uh, Giannis, 28 points. OK, that's that's good. That's good. You know, like 13, 14 <laughs> rebounds. Like, OK, that's that's really cool. Uh, three is only three assists. Uh, three steals. That's cool. That's cool. That's, that's kind of getting back to where you know his average and. <laughs> But man, he, he hasn't had a block in like three games. Oh God, hasn't had a block in three games. I mean, what the what the hell, man? Like this is like kind of like how my mind is working now. It's pretty. <laughs> it's it's amazing how quickly you become completely spoiled by what Giannis is doing statistically, game in and game out. Um, and tonight, uh, another game in front of a national audience, in front of uh, against a a measuring stick opponent, yeah, in Jimmy Butler. And I mean, it was kind of funny. Jimmy Butler kind of it kind of reminded me of uh, a little of that Kawhi Leonard game, except he, he, Kawhi had that huge fourth quarter, and Jimmy kind of never really. I mean, he had a couple buckets I think, in the fourth quarter, but he never really got going. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's sort of you know, if if you had written this script a couple years ago that 
you know, Giannis and Jabari would be scoring 58 against the the Bulls, and you know, you'd see highlights like this and all this. I think we'd all be thinking, "Oh my God, it happened!" Get me, get get me in the time machine. I want to be there. Um, but uh, but pretty cool. And and you know, honestly, I mean, I think we need to be realistic. This game reminded me of the Cleveland game in a lot of ways because I think obviously the Bucks came out and they were aggressive and they kind of t- took it at um, both the Cavs and the Bulls, but. I mean, the Bulls' transition defense was, I mean, it was, Oof. you know, 10 transition points in the first quarter. Uh, it seemed like a lot of those were off of, like, defensive rebounds. They weren't, you know, like, turnovers and odd man, whatever. It just was, like, Bucks pushing Jabari in particular and yeah, just Bulls not getting back. And, um, you know, we joked about how the Bulls are sort of the, the exact kind of team. If you're, <laughs> if you're in a lab designing a team – to be not, exploited you know, by the Bucks exploited defense. by the Bucks defense, yeah, that that is uh, that is the team with their lack of three point shooting. I mean, they got they got a couple threes in the fourth quarter, but um, you know, obviously the Bucks shot well from three. Uh, Giannis and Jabari shot very well from three. That was great to see. Uh, Jabari inexplicably was great from three and couldn't make a free throw, um, which was unfortunate. But um, I'd say overall, you know, it's uh, you know, hey, I mean, if the Bulls don't. If the Bulls don't bring it, then you know, kudos to the Bucks for jumping all over them, and that's what they did. And maybe it got a little bit nervous in the fourth quarter there, inside five six minutes. But um, you can't say they call that anything but a good win. Yeah, it was. It, I don't know if impressive is the right word. If they would have taken care of business in the late third, early fourth quarter, and just salted it away, then I would have called it impressive. But there's. I guess uh, there should be a word slightly less than impressive because it was still, it was still really great to see the Bucks jump on a team early again, and then tonight actually be able to close it out late. And uh, obviously, they leaned on Delhi a little bit late, which you're you're still kind of waiting, hoping for that game where Jabari and Giannis don't need that that extra boost, that little bump from Delhi, and. It's just funny to think how quickly Jabari and Giannis get to, like, 20 points. There's been a bunch of games now where Jabari's gotten in the third quarter, you're halfway through, and you're like, whoa, Jabari already has 20. Like, how? there's still 15 minutes left in this game. There's still 20 minutes left in this game. Like, how does he already have 20 points? And then by the end of the night, his tally isn't that impressive um so seeing those two start to close out games in the fourth quarter without that that helper without that assist from from Delhi, i think is going to be kind of kind of the next step you want to see but you do keep seeing them take more and more steps and uh that three-point shooting five for five from three from from those two in the first half and granted that means they were 0 for 4 in the second half uh, with those two, but I'll take that 5 for 5, and I'll take 5 for 9 every single day of the week from those two from the three-point line. So that that was really cool to see, and yeah, it it's staggering just how normal this is all becoming. And, and it it like you said, where you're like, man, Giannis is doing cool stuff, but he hasn't had a block yet, or we we very quickly gotten to a point where all of these things that we thought were going to be really cool two to three years ago, like, oh, can you imagine if 
Jabari and Giannis just take it to the Bulls and score 58 combined and put up just under 20 rebounds combined and do all this cool stuff. And nowhere in that fantasy was I imagining myself being like, well, you know, they could have done a little bit more. That was never something I imagined. And it's, I don't know, it's, again, it's hard to deal with because I'm not used to having nice things. Yeah, it was kind of a. It, it was funny because we were talking after the Raptors game whether Giannis hitting a number of jump shots there was, you know, meaningful, indicative, predictive, whatever. And it, it was interesting that he he did take a lot of jump shots tonight. He hit his first three, including a couple of threes, hit the buzzer beater at the end of the first quarter, um, and then you know didn't didn't do quite as well the rest of the game, um, but did hit a couple more. I think he had a couple more twos. I want to say somebody on Twitter, I don't recall who, apologies, um, but uh, I think somebody said he started off three for three, which I do remember, and then he finished like five for 14 on jump shots, which you know seemed like I didn't realize he took that many jumpers. But yeah. um, he took a, he had a number of, he probably had three or four that came with the clock running down. Um, so, you know, again, it wasn't like he was just completely falling in love with his jump shot there were definitely a couple like there was one i think kind of like fade away from like 15 like right at the foul line where i think he like more or less airballed it yeah um kind of forced it so you know sort of those things like okay honestly we love that you can hit stick some jump shots but you know let's stick with feet sort of you know set not uh fadeaways off the dribble you know when you if you, if you don't have to right so um, it's, and it's, I think he, I think he also had some like tippins that like rimmed out. That was part of why yeah. he had so many rebounds. So it, you know, I think it was a little deceiving because it really wasn't an efficient scoring night. I mean, thirty on twenty-seven shots isn't anything to write home about. That's not as as you know up to his normal standard. But um, you know, obviously the 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 volume, especially early in the game, um, and and then Jabari making his first seven shots. Um, you know, I'm sure Bulls fans were probably feeling very jealous that uh, we have those guys and they have. Dwayne Wade and Rajon Ron. Jimmy's obviously great, but they have, you know, so their, their stars are, are not quite as fun as our stars. Yeah. If you're betting on some team going forward, it would be the Milwaukee Bucks to, to be good going forward. And again, if you're making bets, you know where to go, Frank. BetDSI.com. That's that's the easiest place. They, they've been in the business for over 20 years. Their top-rated business site, uh, or their top-rated business and a top-rated site. And if you sign up today, you'll get ten dollars free to try their service. Um, you you can bet on pretty much anything. Like we said, they update the lines as the game goes on. So you, if you if you miss the start of the game, you can bet a second half line. If you you made a bad bet to start, maybe you can try to make up with that um, at the half. But it's fast and easy, and you're going to get your payment of your winnings right away. Uh, so betdsi.com, football, basketball, UFC, um, hockey, uh, literally every sport you could ever think of. You can play all of those at BetDSI. Uh, so go to BetDSI.com now. Go there. Use the promo code BUCKS10. That's B-U-C-K-S-10. Get your free wager and start winning today. Um, one thing I wanted, it, it was kind of interesting with Giannis and Jabari that the roles flipped. We, <laughs> As you go with the stat lines, 13 of 27, 2 for 4 from 3, just 2 free throws, 30 points, you're probably thinking that's Jabari. 
Um, and, and again, obviously, that's just looking at the scoring line and not the rest of it. But uh, it was kind of interesting to see that. And I guess one thing I've sort of become fascinated with is teams are switching both Giannis and Jabari a lot. Um, and they'll just switch guards onto him. And I'm not really sure how to fix this, but it seems like early in games, first and second quarters, Giannis and Jabari see the switch. The rest of the team sees the switch, and they say, all right, we're going to the block right now. And bully ball, Jabari will back somebody down. Giannis will back somebody down. They'll get a double, whatever it may be. It seems like in the first and second half, they or in the first and second quarter, they take advantage of that. And then when it gets to be the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, it's a lot of settling for jumpers or trying to beat guards off the dribble. And I, I guess I'm curious to know, one, are you seeing that? Because that's what my eyes see. And two, is there some sort of prescription, some sort of remedy to get them to stop doing that? Because... In my mind, it just I just think, oh, they probably think, hey, there's not enough time to get this post up. I, 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 it's going to take too long. If I have to pass out, we're not going to get off a good shot, so I should just ISO here, and that's going to be the way to go. And it seems, it seems logical to me that that would be the way they think, but ultimately I think we all know that if they go to the block and make that double team come, that's when the Bucks have been at their best. I think that's when their offense looks the best, when those two see – I got a small guy on me. It's bully ball time. And either they're getting an easy bucket or they're getting someone else in an easy bucket because teams are double teaming them in the post. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I haven't noticed that as much. I mean, so the the kind of bread and butter late game action, you know, that that Deli Giannis pick and roll. Um, I mean, if teams, if teams switch, um, you can get Giannis on the block against a small guy. But it seems like you, you're not seeing a ton of switches, I, I don't think, in those in those of late. Um, it seems like teams are kind of content to basically sort of make Delhi have to beat them. Tonight mm-hmm. we saw them um, not do that and and actually um, kind of I think I think was it Rondo went went uh, basically tried to follow him around the, the screen. And and that forced the big to kind of step up a little bit and, and let Giannis get a, an alley-oop dunk, um, which was a huge play at the time because I think it was like an eight-point lead or something like nine-point lead, something like that. When when that happened again in that kind of five, maybe five, four, four minutes left type type range. Um, so I, I don't know. I think the, the one thing I notice, um, and again, this is normal, is, you know, the Bucks obviously – got out to this big lead in large part because they're playing fast and they're pushing the tempo in transition. And I think in the you know kind of late third quarter, early fourth quarter, they sort of get in this mode. And I mean, this happens with a lot of teams, but if they start to feel any pressure, you know, if they get a stop um, and, and it's fine to do this in the last like minute of a game, right? Cause teams generally are trying to, to, to set something up and run clock, et cetera. But, mm-hmm. um, but it seems like they kind of go into slow down and, yes. Oh, we got to keep our, Ugh. we got to keep our, we got to keep our composure and like, let's calm down and all that. And it's like, just well, put it on them. Just yeah. put it on them. They, yeah, they haven't stopped you in like, transition all night. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the hard part. Cause it's like, well, 
you're really just sort of playing into their hands <laughs> by doing that. Correct. Because well, the the one thing they don't want you to do is is push it in 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 temp in transition, and obviously they they hadn't really shown much ability to to stop uh, to stop the Bucks all night. So um, so I mean that's kind of one thing that that again you you would hope that that kid and the coaching staff would try to encourage them to play with with better tempo um you know even in those situations where they got a big lead and you know don't don't take your your foot off the gas and obviously tonight it you know it wasn't wasn't the atlanta game it never got sort of really close yeah um but it got a little nervous and and you know you start to hear those bulls fans to their credit <laughs> some that did that actually did stick around for the i guess the whole game um you actually heard them a little bit there in the fourth quarter but uh Thankfully, the Bucks, you know, made some plays, and and Delhi, who, uh, you know, for the most part has has not been a good fourth quarter player, despite he has made, you know, despite making some clutch plays in the last couple of weeks, um, he he actually did make some plays tonight, so that was uh, that was good to see. Uh, it's interesting, Delhi, the closer fascinates me because he's so clearly overcast, like he should be maybe your third or fourth playmaker in crunch time, probably closer to your fourth. And most nights he's either two or one B with Giannis. And my brain, like I'm just trying to grasp it because I, I understand that they they struggled to kind of create smart action for Jabari. That's that's something that I think for the most part Jabari gets his points by just being Jabari and just scoring, not really getting a ton of plays ran for him. And, and I do understand. Like I, I really enjoy the Delhi Giannis pick and roll action. That's something that I think is very smart. But Delhi's just not that good. And and I think everyone can see that. Like you, everyone knows Delhi shouldn't be a closer. That that's not that's not the player that he is. That's not the skill set that he is. But late in games, you normally go to your point guard and you normally go to pick and rolls. And on this team, Giannis and Delhi are the ones that are the creators out of that. And no matter what kind of closing time lineup you're going to do, that's what you're going to get to. And I don't I I just I just struggle because there's clearly good things that Delhi does. The, the he understands the pacing. He he understands that hey, teams are probably going to try to make me do more that they're not going to let Giannis beat him and that I'm going to have to beat them. And all I can think is, man, the other team is so happy about this right now. Like they're making yeah. they're making Delhi beat them and they couldn't be happier that if they go down and Delhi beat them, well, you know, we got them to do exactly what exactly what we wanted, and it's it's just tough because I don't know if I can yeah, see I, another way out of it. Like, like I get yeah, why well, the Bucks do it, and I get why other teams do what they do to the Bucks, but I don't see the way out for the Bucks. Like, well, I, like I mean, I'm not problem, sure Giannis is yeah, quite okay, ready so, for that so, yet. Yeah, I mean, the problem is that. Well, you can't really run Giannis Jabari pick and roll because they're Correct. the same size and they're just going to switch. So, you know, the only—I don't want to say the only way to run pick and roll. Well, but I mean, realistically, the whole idea of pick and roll is that you're, you know, forcing teams to, you know, mix and match sizes and have to make decisions about whether they switch or, yep. you know, do you do you have to follow over the screen things like that. So it's it, it is you know just sort of fundamentally you, you need somebody who's not roughly Giannis's size um, to initiate and. 
Um, and, and not to say that you can't, you know, you can do some like those snug kind of four or five pick and rolls. I mean, th- yep. there are ways to do that because in part you're putting guys in situations they're not used to. I mean, that's, I think, largely why why those four or five pick and rolls can be effective. Um, but but yeah, it's it's, you know, not ideal if, you know, again, a, a guy who's who's <laughs> controlling the ball down the stretch is is not, you know, one of your best players. Um, it was kind of funny. So you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know this because you were at the game and uh, on TNT. Reggie Miller went on this long rant about, um, oh, well, Delhi, you know, it's really different now because, you know, in Cleveland he had LeBron and he would just make one pass and go stand in the corner. And, you know, now it's his team and he's got to run a team and all this. And then Brian Anderson, who um, I, I totally forgotten that he sometimes calls games for TNT, mm-hmm. um, he was calling the game and then Brian Anderson was. And so basically, Reggie Miller goes on this big thing about how the Bucks. Oh well, if the Bucks get a real, you know, like a a high caliber point guard, then oh, you know, then whatever. And then Brian Anderson's finally just like, well, maybe that point guard is Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like the whole time Reggie's going on and on. You're just like, he come on, dude. Like, does <laughs> you he got, you gotta that, know. Does he realize that like Giannis is the closest facsimile to the way LeBron <laughs> plays in terms of ball handling and and involvement and stuff? It's just like, oh, oh my God, Reggie's the worst. But this is you know this is the thing, right? You. You, you get your national TV game. You got and then you complain. Yes, you got to you got to put up with friggin' Reggie Miller. And I complain whenever I see Reggie Miller. So I'm going to do it tonight too. Um, <laughs> Why doesn't but, he know yeah. anything? I don't know. It's I mean I I get that that he um you know I'm I'm not shocked that he doesn't watch the box right. But uh but by the same token, it's like surely you know that Giannis handles the ball a lot and is. I don't know when this rant came, but if it came after the first three minutes of the game, just watch the game, Reggie. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you got to do. Yeah, Giannis is the guy. Um, So I guess I I guess I struggle with the. I I know the Bucks are struggling in the clutch. I, I can see the numbers. I get it, but it's. In in my mind, I can see why they're struggling to find other solutions because, like you said, there there's not great ways to exploit Giannis, the playmaker. I, I mean, I know you can put him on the block, you can try some of that, um, but a lot of those options lead to more stagnant things um, where you're gonna ISO a guy or um, you're gonna post somebody up, and I don't know. It, it, it's just a it's just a weird spot. Um, because I'm trying to figure out how crunch time Giannis works. Well, I, I mean, I think think about the other guys on the court as well, too. So, um, you know, you've got Jabari, who I think it's an interesting point, which we haven't really talked about that much. But as much as Jabari obviously has scored at a, a fairly high volume and his efficiency has crept up a bit, um, I think he's at around 54% true shooting. So he's kind of basically about average right now. Mm. You know, you obviously want to see that number get up higher. Um, but he he's really a playoff everybody else type scorer still and obviously yep. you know we've talked about him needing to become a better kind of go-to type scorer and we've seen it in kind of random fits and starts you know against toronto we saw it a bit against um who else the, did we see the nets. Was, the nets yeah um so i don't know we'll, we'll see how it goes but he is a guy who weirdly enough for a guy of his pedigree he he doesn't really seem to um to as easily sort of score from kind of like dictated actions it's much more kind of you know playing off of other guys Mm -hmm. um which is obviously a a hurdle if you want to use him as more of a stagger 
guy to carry, you know, units without Giannis. And, you know, obviously that the, the numbers this year, um, I mean, it's interesting because the numbers, I mean, I was, I was talking about, I think you were on that Twitter stream last night and it was, you know, someone was asking about the Jabari's bad numbers or, or Giannis's numbers being much better without Jabari. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's sort of this general trend that the Bucks starting lineups with Henson in particular have, have not been good. They've been negative on the season. They started off horrible and they've gotten a bit better. I think they're like minus two or three points per 100, which is not good for a starting five. Yeah. Um, but pretty much like all of the, you know, if you look at all the two-man combinations with Giannis and the starters, they're all generally not good. I think Snell's like the best. It's like plus two or something like that. Mm-hmm. Jabari's at minus 0.9 with Giannis. So, you know, it's not like they're big negative. Yeah. But the interesting thing is that if you look at Giannis with all the bench guys like Brogdon, Jet, Toledovich, Monroe, he's like plus, you know, double digits mm-hmm. per 100. And I, th- I mean, I think the dynamic is that basically a Giannis plus those bench units, he's he's often running with those bench units in like second quarters, um, early fourth quarters, whatever it might be. And I mean, he just kills yep. second units, right? Like he, he's playing against weaker he's guys. He's way better. And he's, yeah. And, and the Bucks have a relatively strong bench. And so I think the major storyline, I know to me, it's it's, you know, I think there is a there is an individual Jabari storyline. And, you know, we, we could have gotten into this with Matt more the other night when Matt was talking about, you know, possibly trading Jabari. And I think that's an interesting topic we can talk about maybe some other time. But um, but I think it is it is an interesting phenomenon. I mean, I think a large part it is, you know, the Bucks starters are relatively bad compared to most starting units. Aside, certainly, aside, I mean, Giannis is oh, yeah. phenomenal. Yes. But the other starters, you know, you've got three starters who are clearly below average for Correct. starters in, in Henson, Snell, and Delavidova. And then you've got Jabari, who probably is still, you know, below average in terms of effect on winning. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Giannis, who's amazing. But then if you put Giannis with all these other bench guys like the Monroes, Brogdons, um, Toledoviches, those guys are actually like good for bench guys. So yeah. I think that's just basically what you see. Um, and, and it's kind of there is some similarity maybe to what we saw two years ago where especially early in the season, just November, December, the starting five was terrible in terms of its net rating and the bench was phenomenal and they were winning games. So it, it's maybe a little bit of parallel that season. The, the starters kind of came around in um January, February, when they went on that run. Yeah. So we'll kind of see how it evolves. But, um, but I don't know. I mean, it is kind of funny. Like the idea that Jabari and Giannis can't play together. Like, I, I think to me, the the only question is, is Jabari so bad defensively that you just like can't be awesome with him? Because yeah. like you just you just watch them watch them play offensively. It's like, w- why can't Jabari play offensively with Giannis? Like, there's no practical like theoretical reason for that. You know, like. Jabari shoots threes now and he doesn't really need the ball and he's not really like a I need set plays type guy. So that, I yeah. mean that's the biggest thing offensively with them right now is Jabari doesn't I mean rarely gets plays ran for him. There there's right. very little action which is concerning like like we mentioned before that he he isn't kind of creating as a lead guy and as you said that's why it doesn't work with the bench but with the starters, with Giannis, like baseline Bari works. Period. Like it, it's good. It, he can catch on the baseline. He can attack on the baseline. Uh, he can come off screens there. He can post up. He can extend all the way out to the three. Like offensively, that should work. Like that, that's going to. And like you said, uh, the, the the defensive question isn't isn't going anywhere. And I, I do think we'll let's see how Jabari continues to develop. Um, I certainly get why it's it's a a very popular topic among a lot of people, and maybe we'll dig into it um, 
maybe next week or something. I'm trying to think of what the schedule is. Um, but that seems like an off day topic like we did with Matt, where we had a day where it wasn't recap or preview. Um, but that, that seems like a topic. Yeah. Maybe is when's is I think, I think the next, I think there's uh the game Saturday and then they have to like, have off to like Tuesday or something. So maybe Sunday night we can, we can explore Jabari and everything. I mean, I think any, any time you're talking about giving a guy a hundred million dollar contract or whatever, you know, that number might end up being with that's the new CBA. a large topic. Um, yeah. Then, then you have to talk about that. And I don't think, you know, it's, it's silly not to, to wonder whether, okay, you know, do you want to go that deep on a guy? Um, or, or do you think about other options? And, um, I think obviously the other dynamic is, is with Chris Middleton coming back and, you know, you could argue, well, you don't need a, you know, secondary score like Jabari or something like that. But I, I don't know. I mean, you just watch a game like tonight, obviously. And you say, Jesus, that's got, that's, you know, a six, eight, two fifty guy who, um, I, I will say as well, we haven't talked about it yet. Um, Jabari and, and everybody did a terrific job of staying down on, on Wade and Butler who are both like yeah. just artists at getting guys to go for pump fakes and, and bite and, and foul and six and, you know. combined. No, just wait, let's see. So six free throws for Wade and then 10 for Butler. Um, and I, I, before I really, it was that four that started the fourth quarter where, Wade yep. got a couple guys, uh, and I mean that makes it, it kind of all adds up that as the Bucks were unraveling a little bit, they became a little bit less disciplined. They fell for more shot fakes. They started falling a little bit more, and yeah, that uh, that makes sense. But I agree for the most part, they did a really nice job with those two. Yeah, and and Jabari had a couple matadors, I think, in the fourth quarter. Yep. Um, but you know, overall, I mean, look, they put Jabari on Jimmy Butler, who's arguably right there with LeBron and Giannis for MVP of the Eastern Conference right now. And, you know, Jimmy went six out of 16, 21 points. You know, if you tell me Jimmy's going to get that against you, I'm, I'm pretty thrilled. Um, so, you know, and I think part of it, maybe like, you know, could they have exploited Jabari more? Maybe, but, um, you know, I, I think he, he held up okay when, especially like early in, in sets where it was like, you know, um, when they were running kind of like pick and rolls with Jimmy, Mm -hmm. I thought, Jabari and and um, you know Greg and 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 Henson, they you know I think they shaded all that stuff pretty well and and just didn't let them kind of get where they wanted to go. Um, you know the Bulls did have get and it seemed like the Bulls got tons of layups in that first quarter, um, but obviously you know they couldn't shoot at all. <laughs> um, and when Taj Gibson, it was weird. Taj Gibson was basically the only guy playing for them for three quarters, and then he didn't play at all in the fourth when they make their comeback. So strange strange game was fun to see jabari take advantage of uh taj's uh indifference and and Giannis obviously had a couple threes as well um and uh you know after the preseason game where we joked about jabari's inability to punish teams from three hurting the bucks tonight uh obviously a very different story okay so we're at around 30 minutes but what i'm going to do here is some quick hitters um we can go back and forth here no longer than 20 seconds frank uh monroe Uh-oh. Seven seven points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. He was active. He was fun. Chemistry with Jabari, also fun. Jabari dunks were cool. Go. Yeah, they had a couple of really nice passing sequences. Um, still a little bit bitter about Greg Monroe's missed uh, bunnies costing Giannis and others uh, assists. Agreed. Mirza, three for five from the three-point line, two assists, 13 points. No Beasley, Toledovich. 
Yeah, what was wrong with Beasley? He he's like hurt. It sounded like he might not play tomorrow either. Um, which um made... I forgot what it was on the injury report. Maybe a knee, maybe an okay. ankle, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean it was um it was definitely important to see Toledovich, I think. And and as members of the Mirza Toledovich fan club, obviously we're thrilled yeah. that he uh takes advantage of of a chance to to make a, an impact. So nice to see Mirza hit some threes, do his usual thing. Um although it was weird because I think he came in for Giannis both times in the first and second halves, and I want him on the floor with Giannis. Agreed. So Brogdon, five points, seven assists, two rebounds, uh three turnovers. Uh Looked okay tonight. Wasn't a super memorable game for uh, the president. He was the guy I actually noticed. He he was staying down on, I think it was yeah. Wade. Yeah. Um, at like right at the front of the foul line. He just was not biting on any pump fakes. And they were just like basically dribbling in and then dribbling out because they were like, oh, these dudes aren't going for bar pump fakes. Um, so uh, a nice performance. He had a couple of like phenomenal passes tonight. Yeah. Uh, for for dunks. There's a couple times so, there. So uh, nice to see the prez. Uh, getting getting the job done. Uh, Wiley Vet, Jason Terry, somehow a plus nine. Yeah, well, he had that huge minus game in in Toronto, but he's been a weirdly massive plus all season. So, getting back into the act, he did have that early three in the third quarter as well. Um, I, how many how many jets flying were there tonight? Did he fly after the after that? He didn't even fly after that one. Uh, he did uh-huh. pump up the crowd twice though, which is a given. If there is a timeout called on the floor while Jason Terry is on the floor and the Bucks have done something positive, he will slap the table. He will pump up the crowd. He will wave his arms. He will do something to get the crowd involved. Uh, you know, just a, a veteran, veteran presence. Um, he will I, be the, he'll be the, he'll be the first assistant coach in the NBA to actively get the crowd riled up every game. <laughs> that does not sound far fetched. Okay. I think that's enough for quick hitters unless there's something, something else you want to do. No, I'm oh, good. Okay. Bucks win, Bucks win. C- celebration time. Um, it's not a taking care of bit. Uh, it's not a taking care of business night. It's more just a celebrate good times. Yes. Come on. Agreed. That's, that's the theme of the night and <laughs> big, big to get off that three, three loss, three losses in a row schneid, especially given you have to go into Chicago tomorrow. I mean, if they could pull off a win tomorrow, that would be tremendous, but very, very difficult for the, I mean, the bucks are and four on, uh, back to backs three and six on the road. Um, I think they'll have their work cut out for them, but hey, maybe maybe the fact that they got that little wake up call and they didn't just win by thirty tonight, maybe that maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they'll be a little bit more aware going into tomorrow night's game. I don't I'll, know. I'll we'll go see. along with that. That's fine. Uh, Bucks okay. win one hundred eight ninety seven. Giannis called it a, a must win post game, and I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't necessarily love that. Um, but after they lose three straight. Have a little urgency. I'm okay with that. So Bucks win yeah. 108-97. That was Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name. This podcast was brought to you by brewhoop.com and also betdsi.com. You can go to betdsi and use our promo code BUCKS10, B-U-C-K-S-10. That'll get you a free wager and you can get started winning today. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17